0: Hello everyone, this is the best, greatest, most effective, most comprehensive episode about Jesus and the church regarding my views on both, no negativity, no criticism, all positivity about Jesus and the church, and my thoughts are accompanied by facts. So Jesus was a tech Ancient Greek now, tekton, is a common term for an artisan slash craftsman, in particular, a particular carpenter, woodworker, or builder. I dare say that Jesus was a master builder. I dare say that Jesus was a woodcutter. I dare say Jesus was a mason. Jesus was a stone worker. Jesus was a smith. And I dare say that Jesus was an iron worker. Now, I have a better understanding of the scripture that talks about iron sharpening iron. Jesus was a tradesperson, meaning that Jesus can definitely relate to those in trade school. Some of his disciples were persecuted. After his death, his disciples continued. Jesus was crucified by the Romans near Jerusalem. He had controversy at the temple because he was confronting merchant greed. The den of thieves is the most understandable reference to that. Those were his words. He called disciples. He was baptized by John the Baptist. A lot of his activities took place in Galilee and Judea. Jesus was a Galilean preacher. Jesus was a rabbi, meaning Jewish teacher, in the temples and the synagogues. He was born during the reign of Herod the Great. His his mother's name was Mary. Uh, Jesus was an itinerant sage who shared meals with social outcasts. Jesus was arrested in Jerusalem. Jesus practiced faith healing without the use of ancient medicine or magic. And he had a reputation for relieving the afflictions of so many people. Belief in the resurrection is based on the visionary experiences of the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, and Mary Magdalene. At one point, Jesus was doing ministry in Capernaum. And he has roots in both Nazareth and Bethlehem. people thought he was the son of God back then which did play a role in his execution and another reason he was executed was for being considered a public nuisance because Jesus was a champion of the dispossessed and the oppressed and anybody at that time who railed against um, injustices, the Pharisees and the Romans would do everything in their power to make sure you never breathed again. Because Jesus confronted the Pharisees and the Romans for their hypocrisies and for their stinginess as well. I do know that Jesus... More than likely had short hair, and Jesus more than likely had a beard in accordance with Jewish practices of the time and the appearances of those who were considered life gurus back then. Jesus likely had a muscular lean appearance because of all the manual labor as the blue collar worker that he was and the exposure to the elements that entailed did affect his appearance. do know about Jesus, he had dark eyes and dark hair. Um, From what I know about Jesus, he was Jesus was not extremely tall in terms of the NBA, NFL. But he wasn't extremely short. That would be considered five feet or under five feet according to how many, how society thinks. From what I do know about Jesus, um, he was definitely... A person who attracted large crowds of people. From what I do know about Jesus, he was a magnetic, charismatic person. Um, he did live a life. depending upon the kindness of strangers he slept in people's homes um, there were women who financed his ministry in fact there were many women who followed him and there were more than 12 disciples. Yes, you had the 12, but there were 70, more than 70 plus. Some were men and some were women. I was telling you the facts of what I know. And it's common sense that he had more than 12 because there were more than 12 people everywhere he went. So of course, a lot of the people everywhere he went chose to literally follow in his footsteps, as well as figuratively. Yes, he did leave the economic security he had as an artisan and the reciprocity he had with his family and wandered around depending on charity. That is very true. Some of the homes he may have slept in were disciples' family members. That may be true. And his ministry did take place in the beginning of the vicinity of the disciples' hometowns. And yes, like I said, many of the people whom he depended for charity were women. These are all true. And Jesus did not always have one place to call home. Because he even said that foxes have holes and the birds there have nests, but the son of man don't know where to lay his head. Which is very powerful to say because people who have a home, a set home to sleep in, you usually don't hear them say that kind of statement. But he said that because he had He felt at home in many people's homes when it came to his human needs as well as his, in his mind, divine needs because he was a man of faith. And, um, what I know about Jesus, um... Jesus is very big on servant leadership, so washing the feet and, and just talking to people in ways that, that they automatically felt. Cared about and cared for; those are also true about him. I would say that um, Jesus was a person who valued the human rights of everyone he encountered. Including those who hated him and those who arranged his assassination and those who actually assassinated him. Um, Jesus was a real person, according to historians, and Jesus. Was a historical figure, according to scholars. So, those are both facts that are true. From what I know about Jesus, um, Jesus may have stood between 5 feet 5 inches and 6 feet 2 inches because of what the height measurements for the man on the Shroud of Turin. Tor- and then you have the average height of Judean men at that time. So Jesus did have some height to him. That's all I can say. Um, now, as for the, Shr- the shroud of Turin. Based upon what I've studied, there is a, um, the wounds of the crucifixion that Jesus suffered is very identical to the man on the Shroud of Torn. Um, that's all I know. I do know that Jesus did have a loud voice whenever he spoke in the crowds. I'm not saying he was always a loud person. I'm talking about the fact that they did not have technology and musical equipment nor microphones that we have today. So when Jesus spoke, he had to project his voice. So we do know that Jesus was capable of being heard from a distance. Now, many people will want to know what was his voice type. For me, I would say that he was definitely gentle sounding in nature. Because people who tend to be gentle sounding in nature. Are always soothing to listen to. People that love talking to you. It's because you have a diffusing sound to how you speak. You sound relaxed. As if they could listen to you talk all day and never once get annoyed. So I think that. Jesus, I think, what was it? I think he had a medium voice. I think that he had multiple vocal ranges. I think that his loud voice, when he needed audience in the back to hear him, it was definitely booming, but it wasn't a it wasn't a mean spirited booming. It was a I know you need to hear what I have to say and I know you're going to respect what I'm saying. And the people that heard him in the back were hanging on his every word. So he did have a booming sound to him. I think that Jesus definitely went through puberty. So did his voice change over time? Of course. Um, Do I think that um, Jesus was capable of having a resonant voice? Yes. Now, um, people want to know what does resonant mean? Because normally people don't hear that word a resonant resonant means of sound deep low clear and continuing to sound or ring so I think he did have that kind of voice and yes his voice I think was full uh rich vibrant uh carrying um You can say that he had a full-bodied voice. But I also felt that when he talked to children, you know, when adults talk to children, sometimes their voice goes high. So I'm pretty sure he had a high-pitched voice that was soothing for children to listen to. I think when Jesus was meditative or in deep thought, he had a medium voice where it was the mixture of the high and the low combined. Because that's how most people sound when they're really deep in thought and they're contemplating. Those voices tend to merge together. I think Jesus would have made an excellent voice actor Because he had that kind of voice that was calming to listen to. Um, Based upon having large crowds of people, that means he sounded more than one way, depending upon who he was talking to. But he was always truthful about his sound. Which happens, no person's voice stays the same all the time you have diverse audiences, diverse content. So how you are for example on social media may be different than how you are in the world of work. You can have a similarities now you sound, but it's different because professionally you have to be much more mindful of how you sound than social media. Even on social media, you have to be mindful of your sound. Not having social media, for some people, it may not get in the way of their paycheck. But in the world of work, being mindful of how you sound is important because if you tend to sound menacing and threatening Your salary, your regular salary may be removed from you potentially. When I think about Jesus, I I I'll say this. Jesus' basic values would even make humanists satisfied with him. For example, Jesus promoted critical thinking because he would often ask the religious leaders haven't you read regarding the Old Testament of that time this is before the New Testament came along so Jesus promoted critical thinking so the historical Jesus understood that we're all bombarded with a constant stream of information the historical Jesus understood that it that it can become challenging to decide what is accurate and true. Um, the historical Jesus appreciates the fact that thinking critically does allow us to make sense of all this information and reason our way to good judgments and effective solutions to the problems we face. While the historical Jesus appreciated that we are capable of rigorously avoiding pitfalls like rationalization, conformity, and stereotyping, the historical Jesus understood that this process forms the basis of the scientific method which opens the door for new discoveries through hypothesis, hypothesizing, experimenting, which would have made the historical Jesus proud. The historical Jesus was well aware of the fact that critical thinking is a skill that requires continued attention, practice, and reflection. The historical Jesus understood that exercising our minds to build these skills enables us to challenge biases in ourselves and in others, paving the way for a fair, open-minded, and autonomous perspective that fosters a multicultural worldview. The historical Jesus promoted ethical development. He was always concerned... About basic human decency, self humility, and self gratitude. You can see those themes in all of his parables. The historical Jesus understood that the key to understanding ethical development is acknowledging that nobody is perfect, nor has all the answers. The historical Jesus understood that ethical development is a never-ending process that requires constant reflection an evaluation of our personal choices and the consequences they have on others. The historical Jews understood that fairness, cooperation, and sharing are among the first moral issues we encounter in our ethical development as human beings and historical Jews understood and that are often embraced intuitively but each new day carries with it new challenges and new moral dilemmas. The historical Jews understood that we should continually adapt and rebuild our moral frameworks with the goal of becoming even better human beings. The historical Jesus promoted peace and social justice. He talked about setting the captives free and he talked about People in poverty. The hungry. The thirsty. The naked. The lonely. Now, when people hear social justice... a church... It can be contentious. But with Jesus... He wasn't saying be sinful. He wasn't saying be self-destructive. He wasn't saying be an enemy of God. What he was saying was, is that humans are equal in God's sight in terms of the fact that there's no I'm better than you, you're better than me. What he's basically what's saying is is that no one is outside of the concern of God. Jesus never encouraged wrongdoing. At all. So, Jesus understood that the historical Jesus understood that true peace involves an intense commitment to social justice and affirms the human rights and personal autonomy of all people. The historical Jesus understood that any level of injustice against groups or individuals signifies existing conflict, even if the conflict isn't immediate or obvious. The historical Jesus understood that we attain peace only by consistently responding to injustice through thoughtful conflict resolution that aims to repair harms and ensure a fair and equitable society moving forward. The historical Jesus understood that this kind of conflict resolution is known as restorative justice. The historical Jesus understood that in order to achieve a just peaceful society, we all must take claims of injustice seriously and ensure that those who are impacted most by rights violations determine the best course forward. Historical Jesus promoted service and participation. The fact that he would speak to women in public during a time where misogynistic men were thankful that they weren't women, weren't animals, and weren't slaves. And Jesus was kind to the widows, especially the one who, give, who gave all that she had to live on. And Jesus would bless children, put his arms or put his hands on them lovingly. And with the consent of the parents and the comfort of the child, because even the babies and the children, they liked it when Jesus touched them. They wanted in that touch and they felt they need to need that touch. So. The historical Jesus understood. That service and participation means putting values into action in ways that positively impact our communities and society as a whole. The historical Jesus understood that it fosters helping others, increasing social awareness, enhancing accountability, and many attributes of the other nine commitments. The historical Jesus understood that engaging in service doesn't just make the recipients better off, but those who serve can develop new skills, experiences, and personal satisfaction that all promote personal growth. The historical Jesus understood that we must all recognize that we're members of a group, and engaging in service to benefit the group and the other individuals, in it makes us all better off. The historical Jesus promoted empathy. The parable of the Good Samaritan is the best storytelling form example of Jesus understanding empathy. During that time, there was ancient racism, as historians scholars call it, between the Jews and the Samaritans. So Jesus speaking to the woman at the well and the Samaritans being believers and disciples of his And a Samaritan woman was an evangelist who caused other Samaritans to tell other Samaritans about Jesus, and they end up following him. As an example of Jesus understanding empathy. The historical Jesus understood that empathy means entering imaginatively into another situation in and attempt to understand the experience as though we are experiencing it ourselves. The historical Jesus understood that empathy requires a person to step outside of their own perspective to consider someone else's thoughts, feelings, or circumstance from that person's point of view. The historical Jesus understood that. In many ways, empathy is the first step to ethical behaviors that allows us to respond compassionately to the suffering of others and exercise good judgment when our actions may affect someone else. The historical Jesus understood that understanding another's perspective is not only critical to building better relationships, but also makes us better citizens in our local and global communities. The historical Jesus understood that empathy promotes Healthy tolerance, healthy consideration, and compassion amongst us all. The historical Jesus was very big on humility. He could not stand anyone with a haughty spirit. When I say can't stand, I'm, I'm not saying Jesus was hateful. I was saying I'm I'm saying that he did not get along with people who were braggadocious. The parable of the two men that prayed, so the man who according to that parable, the man who treated God with respect because it was a faith-based culture back then was considered the hero while the Pharisee who was thumbing his nose down at people that weren't doing what he was doing was the villain in the story. The historical Jesus understood that humility means displaying modesty about accomplishments, talents, gifts, or importance of self. The historical Jesus understood that acknowledges we humans are fallible and have limitations on what we know and can do. The historical Jesus understood that being humble isn't about having low self-esteem or denigrating oneself. The historical Jesus understood that humility at its core is robust self-awareness, awareness awareness of our strengths and weaknesses, our faults, and our merits, and being able to turn our weaknesses into strengths. The historical Jesus understood that humility involves setting aside personal pride and overcoming our egos to embrace gratitude for what you have and appreciate others for who they are. The historical Jesus understood that in being humble, one recognizes their own value in relation to others inherently, you're neither better nor worse than anyone else. The historical Jesus understood um, environmentalism. He was always out and about in nature, on mountainsides, on hills, and That was a humongous way for him to stay in shape besides being the artisan that he was. So when he did have a regular world of work type of job, he was building his muscles internally and externally as he was working. That's why Jesus didn't need a gym back then. And... He lived off the Mediterranean diet that his biological family fed him. Um, There were no fast food nor delivery back then. Everything was cooked and you had to eat it at the table with other people. You usually weren't allowed to just eat on your own. That was considered bad manners in that culture back then. And meat was usually not affordable. that tended to be for people with means, but most people didn't make large amounts of money. so they had about fish as something that that was their go-to part of their meals. Historical, so yes, historical Jesus understood that regardless of our individual identities, we all share the same home, planet Earth. Historical Jesus understood that just as we depend on the planet to to sustain us with its precious resources, this planet's ecosystems depend on us to be good stewards and take responsibility for the impact human activity has on our shared planet. The historical Jesus understood that disregard for large scale impacts humans have on our environment has caused extensive harm to Earth's ecosystems. The historical Jesus understood that despite this, humanity is also capable of positive environmental change that guides the interdependence of all life on this planet. The historical Jesus understood that each of us must acknowledge our collective and individual mistakes repair past damages, and purposely work toward cultivating rich, diverse, and resilient ecosystems. The historical Jesus, you know, promoted global awareness. He was always talking about the importance of of how we impact the divine, how we impact those who are different than us, how we impact ourselves, how we impact each other. And the best example of that for me is when he was in reference to the Beatitudes. To me, the Beatitudes is the best example of Jesus' global awareness. Historical Jesus understood that we live in a world that is rich in cultural, social, and individual diversity, a world with rapidly increasing interdependence. The historical Jesus understood that as a result, events anywhere are more likely to have consequences everywhere. Jesus inspired Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. when he said injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. The historical Jesus understood that global awareness broadens our knowledge of cultures and perspectives that are outside of our own experience. The historical Jesus understood that a true global awareness includes attention to both current and historical events, acknowledges how we affect and how we are affected by the interconnected social, political, and economic systems in which we reside. The historical Jesus understood that The end goal of global awareness is global citizenship, which recognizes our personal responsibility to foster a healthy and dignified life for everyone in our global community. The historical Jesus promoted responsibility, for example, He cursed the fig tree and said, may he never bear fruit again. What occurred was, was that he chose an unexpected um, metaphor to talk about Christ's likeness being the goal it's one thing to speak about the rules but the center of the rules is Christ's likeness the historical Jesus understood that every day each of us makes choices the historical Jesus understood that these choices, large and small, all have consequences for ourselves and for the world around us. The historical Jesus understood that moral responsibility involves taking conscious ownership of one's intentions and actions and being accountable for the resulting consequences. The historical understood That although we all live in a society with various cultural values, expectations, codes of conduct, and social mores, ultimately we all decide for ourselves what is right and wrong. The circumstances understood that being a responsible person involves steadfast attention to what is right and willfully bearing the blame or praise for our own actions. Jesus promoted altruism. Before I go that far, I know that the cursing the fig tree for many people who are environmentalists can be very concerning. And I respect those concerns. What I was trying to say is that that story was Jesus talking about to be mindful of the fruits that we're bearing and to be mindful of the fact that we have to be wholesome trees bearing wholesome fruit. Um... Jesus promoted altruism for him to lovingly confront the teachers of the law, leaders in law, commerce, and politics about their unjust practices against the disadvantage. And for him to be well received by people that that culture called sinners Are also excellent examples of Jesus' altruism. The historical Jesus understood that altruism is the selfless concern for the welfare of other living beings without expectation of reward, recognition, or return. The historical Jesus understood that the collective welfare of our communities and society depends on the welfare of each individual person. The historical, Jesus understood that we should always seek to alleviate the suffering and hardships of others with compassionate action. Historical Jesus understood that by caring for others around us and lifting each other up, we reinforce healthy connections and contribute to the betterment of our community, society, and the world. Historical Jesus understood cognitive empathy. Cognitive empathy, also known as perspective taking, is not really what most of us would think of as empathy at all. Cognitive empathy is basically being able to put yourself into someone else's place and see their perspective. It is a useful skill, particularly in in negotiations, for example, or for managers. It enables you to put yourself in someone else's shoes without necessarily engaging with their emotions. It does not, however, really fit with the definition of empathy as feeling with being a much more rational, logical process. Effectively, cognitive empathy is empathy by thought rather than by feeling. Um. I would say Jesus' cognitive empathy was filled with feelings and filled with engaging with their emotions and emotions of others. Um, The historical Jesus understood emotional empathy. Emotional empathy is when you quite literally feel the other person's emotions alongside them as if you had caught the emotions. Emotional empathy is also known as personal distress or emotional contagion. This is closer to the usual understanding of the word empathy but more emotional. The historical Jesus' emotional empathy was good because it meant that he could really understand and feel other people's emotions. This was vital for those like himself in caring professions, such as doctors and nurses. Like I said, he was a faith healer. To be able to respond to his patients appropriately, also meant that he could under, it also meant that he could respond to his friends and others when they were distressed. Historical Jesus understood somatic empathy, which is defined as feeling someone else's pain physically. For example, if you see someone hurt, you too might feel physical pain. Anecdotally, identical twins sometimes report that they know when the other has been hurt, which might be an example of somatic empathy. You can see an echo of somatic empathy, for example. If someone is hit in the stomach with a ball during a sports game and one or two of the spectators may double over as if they too had been hit. The historical Jesus understood spiritual empathy, which is defined as a direct connection with a higher being or consciousness. It is the same as enlightenment in the Eastern philosophical traditions and considered to be achievable through meditation. The historical Jesus understood compassion empathy. Finally, compassion and empathy is what we usually understand by empathy, feeling someone's pain and taking action to help. And then compassion and empathy is consistent with what we usually understand by compassion, like sympathy. Compassion is about feeling concerned for someone but with an additional move towards action to mitigate the problem. Compassion and empathy is a type of empathy Is the type of empathy that's usually most appropriate, but with Jesus, all these types of empathy are always appropriate for Him. As a general rule, people want or need your empathy, don't just need you to understand cognitive empathy, and they certainly don't need you just to feel their pain or worse. The person tears alongside the emotional empathy. So, if they need you to understand and sympathize with what they're going through, and, that, and crucially, either take or help them to take action Is all the problem, is compassion and empathy, which is Jesus did all the above. So, the historical Jesus understood that in exercising compassion and empathy, we could find the right balance between logic and emotion. We could feel another person's pain as if it was happened to us, and therefore express the appropriate amount of sympathy. At the same time, we can also remain in control of our own emotions and apply reason to the situation. This means that we can make better decisions and provide appropriate support to them when and where it is necessary. That was the historical Jesus. So the historical Jesus had all the traits of the disciplined mind, which are Intellectual integrity, intellectual autonomy, intellectual empathy, intellectual courage, intellectual confidence and reason, intellectual fair-mindedness, intellectual perseverance, intellectual sense of justice, and intellectual humility. Jesus, in first century AD, had many ways of warning against the dangers of the traits of the undisciplined mind, which are... Intellectual hypocrisy, intellectual conformity, intellectual self-centeredness, intellectual cowardice, intellectual distrust of reason, intellectual disregard for justice, intellectual laziness, intellectual unfairness, and intellectual arrogance. Jesus was a per- Jesus was a person of intellectual integrity. The historical Jesus understood that act toward others the way you want people to act toward you. Jesus understood that respect others in the same way you want to be respected. Jesus understood that don't expect others to act better than you are willing to act yourself. The historical Jesus understood that consider the feelings of others in the same way you want your own feelings to be considered. Because you don't want others to be rude to you, avoid being rude to others. And because you don't want to be harmed by others, be careful not to harm others. The historical Jesus understood all these things. The historical Jesus appreciated intellectual independence. So the historical Jesus understood that do your own thinking, figure out things for yourself. It is good to listen to others to find out what they think, but you must do your own thinking, decide who and what to believe. Of course, don't just believe what you want to believe. Use intellectual standards to decide. Standards like accuracy, relevance, significance, and fairness. The historical Jesus understood all those things. The historical Jesus appreciated intellectual perseverance. So basically, the historical Jesus understood. Don't be a quitter. When you begin to think you can't learn something, remind yourself that you can. If reading is hard, for you stick to it because it is important to learn to read well. When writing is hard, keep trying so you can learn to write better. Don't be afraid to work hard when you feel like giving up. Remember that no matter how good you are at thinking, you can always improve. And no matter how much you struggle with learning, keep trying. Never give up. Be the captain of your own ship, S-H-I-P. Chart your own course in life. The historical Jesus appreciated all the above. The historical Jesus appreciated intellectual empathy. The historical Jesus understood that always try to understand how other people think and feel. When you disagree with someone, try to see things from that person's point of view. When you try to see things from the other people's viewpoints, you often find that there are some things you're right about. And some things other people are right about Being able and willing to imagine how others think And feel is very important in life If everyone did this a lot The world would be much better for everyone There would be a lot less pain and suffering The Historical Jesus appreciated all the above the Historical Jesus appreciated intellectual humility the Historical Jesus understood that Recognize that you don't know everything There is a lot that you don't know and will never know Don't say something is true When you don't know for sure that it is Lots of things you think are true may in fact may not be in fact true. Lots of things you think are true may not in fact be true. Lots of things people say are true are actually not true. Lots of things you really see on TV or not You always ask, how do I know that? How do you know that? The historical Jesus appreciated all the above. The historical Jesus appreciated intellectual courage. The historical Jesus understood that Be ready to speak up for what you think is right, even if it is not popular with your friends or the people around you. Of course, sometimes speaking up can be dangerous. Use your best thinking to figure out when it makes sense to speak up and when you should just keep your thoughts to yourself. When you do speak up, try try always to show respect for others, but don't ever be afraid to disagree in the privacy of your own mind. And don't be afraid to question your beliefs to figure out what makes best sense. The courage to look inside your own mind and figure out what is really going on there. Even if you have held a belief for a long time, you still need to be willing to question it to use the tools of critical thinking to recheck it. The historical Jesus appreciated all of that. The historical Jesus appreciated all of the above. The historical Jesus promoted confidence in reason. The historical Jesus understood that. The best chance we have to create a fair and just world is if we use our best thinking. All of us together living on a planet. When people disagree, they need to overcome disagreements by looking at the facts, at the evidence. We need to work together to come to the most defensible conclusions. Use intellectual standards and work through problems. For example, make sure you use information that is accurate and relevant to the problem you are trying to solve. Look for the complexities and deep issues. Avoid superficial answers to complicated problems as they almost never work think about problems from different points of view trust evidence facts and reasoning distrust jealousy and fear and distrust cult leaders and cult followers the historical jesus appreciated fair-mindedness the historical jesus Understood intellectual. Fair-mindedness. For example, What does fair mindedness require? First, the basic concept. Fair mindedness entails a consciousness of the need to treat all viewpoints alike, without reference to one's own feelings or selfish interests, or the feelings or un- or selfish interests of one's friends, company, community, or nation. And it applies inherent intellectual standards such as accuracy and sound logic, influenced by one's own advantage or the advantage of one's group. The historical Jesus appreciate all of the above. The historical Jesus appreciated clarity. Clarity forces the thinking to be explained well so that it is easy to understand. but thinking is easy to follow as clarity. Jesus appreciated accuracy. Accuracy makes sure that all information is correct and free from error. If the thinking is reliable, then it has accuracy. Jesus appreciated precision. Precision goes one step further than accuracy. It demands that the words and data used are correct and exact. If no more details could be added, then it has precision. Historical Jesus appreciated relevance. Relevance means that everything included is important, that each part makes a difference. If something is focused on what needs to be said, there's relevance. Jesus focused on depth, D-E-P-T-H. Depth makes the argument thorough. It forces us to explore the complexities. If an argument includes all the nuances necessary to make the point in its depth, <laughs> Jesus appreciated breath. Breath demands that additional viewpoints are taken into account. All perspectives are all perspectives considered. When all sides of an argument are discussed, then we find breath. Jesus understood logical. Uh, logical means that an argument is reasonable. If the thinking is consistent and the conclusions follow from the evidence. When something makes sense step by step, then it is logical. Jesus understood significance. Significance compels us to include the most important ideas. We don't want to leave out crucial facts that we that would help to make a point. When everything that is essential is included, then we find significance. Um, Jesus appreciated fairness. Fairness means that the argument is balanced and free from bias. It pushes us to be impartial and even handed toward our toward other positions. When the argument is objective, there's fairness. But so Jesus was a fan. Of intellectual standards. So, these are all the facts of Jesus that I have.